Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the dude that's always smacking his lips like an old lady. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Well, I'm doing pretty good, Cortland. Uh, just some nice sounds for the listeners. Um, oh, right. ASMR is what they call it these days. <laughs> and everybody just stopped listening. We can say whatever we want now. Oh, my gosh. Cortland and Brandon uncensored. Uh... Whatever. You know I censor us with the editing. Gosh, you're such a potty mouth. We record for like four hours every week, and then you (laughs) whittle that down to 40 minutes. Yeah, right. Uh, I bet you there's just an ASMR video of an old lady smacking your lips on YouTube. You know that shit's probably gotta be I'm sure there is. It's somebody's fetish. I've seen one of a turtle just eating fruit. Oh, dude, I'd watch that. <laughs> well, it's on there. There's these TikToks for all these cool kids out there these days where it's like a duck that drinks strawberry water. It's cute. Okay. So, yeah, anyway, you can find anything you want on the internet. It's a wonderful place. You ever been and there? And a lot of things you don't want. <laughs> so it's probably like way more things you don't want, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, Brandon, besides uh, watching a turtle eat fruit for 10 hours or whatever you just said, how have you been? Oh, I've just been lovely oh that's awesome i I recently uh discovered that all 31 or whatever seasons of Uh oh the joy of painting with bob ross are available to stream so man i've just been watching happy little trees get created like all the time damn so you've realized that there are no mistakes in life and you just cover it up with happy trees right yeah i've learned a lot of things learned a lot about myself the universe and everything wow that's amazing brandon i've also watched a bit of the joy of painting in fact i i painted from the joy of painting we followed along with it and it's a lot harder than you would think yeah he kind of just slaps things on the thing and then like a mountain comes out <laughs> you're oh, like God, wait mountains what? i did i tried to do the mountains where he where he takes his little chiseler right and he scrapes up some paint and you're like yeah i can do this i'm following <laughs> along and then he puts it on the canvas which is already wet by the way yeah. And he just like slides it across it and bam, you have a perfect mountain. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, pff, Mr. Ross, I have this. And then I tried and I did not have this. Okay. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to do. I don't the know. The paint does how, not glide. <laughs> but like mountains just come out of his tools and I don't get it. Well, when I tried it with my tools, they did not just come out. Okay. The paint like slid across it and I was scraping up the paint I already put on there and nothing was happening. And I was like getting real frustrated. And I was like, Mr. Ross, help me. And he it's wouldn't not, help me because he's Bob dead, Brandon. He's not what Bob would want. He wouldn't want you to get frustrated. I know. And yet, he caused my frustrations. <laughs> that son of a bitch. You know what, though? At one point, he was like, okay, take this brush and you beat the devil out of it. And I said, all right, Bob, I'll do it. And I did it. And it <laughs> felt better. I can do. Yeah. Yep. Except I was in my living room and Bob was in the studio so I can't just beat the <laughs> devil out of my paint thinner because it would get everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, though. I would recommend it. <laughs> I'm glad that Bob Ross has been relaxing you, Brandon. Is there, are there any particular Bob Ross pieces that you like the most? Uh, I like the one with the trees and the cabin. Oh, wow. That's unique, Brandon. I know exactly which one you're talking about. I like the wintry scenes the best because I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. They look good. They all look good. They do. Yeah. Hey, it was Thanksgiving last week, Brandon. It was a couple days ago. Did you and your family have some deliciousness? Oh, yeah. 
I just had some leftover pumpkin pie not 20 minutes before I recorded this. That's wonderful. I didn't... Uh, did I have any pie? I didn't. I don't think I did. Um, I don't really like pumpkin pie, Brandon. Don't tell Brandon. <laughs> oh, I know. We've had this discussion so many times, and every time I'm surprised and angry. Uh, I know. I know. Here's the thing. If I'm eating a pumpkin pie, I have to have as much Cool Whip as possible. As much whipped cream on it, because I like the whipped cream, and the pumpkin pie is just like... It's there. Yeah, you can take it or leave it. But that whipped cream, yeah, I'm with that's you. Where that's where it's good. at. Yeah, I like whipped cream. Brandon, enough about Thanksgiving. It's time for Tales from the Crypt, okay? Yes. Oh, speaking of things I'm thankful for, yeah. this episode, because it's so amazing, right? Yeah, Brandon, did you really, what did you think of On a Dead Man's Chest, which is the episode we just watched? Okay, well, honestly, this episode's okay. Sure. I, yeah. I'd say... I liked it more than I didn't like it. Hmm. But okay. Okay. It's kind of it's a story we've seen before. We've seen these kinds of stories. This is a, a be careful what you wish for only sin deep kind of story. Yeah, I guess. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go get this thing, and then they're like, oh, it's trouble. Is Which, it really guess, trouble though? You can boil any story down to that, I guess, if you really want to. But sure, yeah, it's trouble. Yeah, People I mean, die, Cortland. Okay, but <laughs> people are dead. I just look, Brandon. I was watching this episode. I watched it a couple of times, as I do. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Interesting. My notes, first of all, my notes for this episode pretty short because, uh, quite frankly, there's like a five minute scene where this dude just gets a tattoo, and it's yeah. really nothing is happening. Yeah, and and then, and then the rest of the scene is like people playing guitar on a stage. Yeah, it's like that one with Katie Segal in it, mixed with like. I guess be careful what you wish for. I don't know. It's just so haphazardly thrown together, in my opinion. I didn't, I didn't really care for this episode too much. Okay. Well, it sounds like I liked it more than you did, but also not that much because I'm not going to say like my love for this episode is very strong. It was just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. There were There were some cool sequences that I liked. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. You gotta just get into it, Brandon, because yeah, like I want to talk about it. My problem is right now is I want to spoil everything, but I just I have to <laughs> show restraint, Brandon, because you know we can't spoil something that's thirty years old. We can't do that. No, yet. no, no. The listeners, that's not what we do. The listeners who are left after the mouth <laughs> sounds are definitely going to run if we spoil it for them. Exactly. Yeah, we got to keep up with our show's theme, which is not spoiling anything, and you follow along as if you've never seen this episode before. That's what we do. So our episode, Brandon, it begins with some jazzy music and a sign that's reading Elvis lives. Can okay. you imagine if Elvis were still alive today? Today or in 1992? Both. Let's do one it, of In each. 1992, I would be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But yeah, in 2023, I would be like, what the fuck? What is your secret? Yes. Yeah. It's the bacon, uh, peanut butter, banana sandwiches is the secret. Dude, I would love if it turned out scientists mm-hmm. were just like, I don't know, we're baffled, but bacon and peanut butter, banana sandwiches are the shit and the secret to healthy living. I've never had one before, but I'm intrigued. I've had a, hold on, I think I've had something bacon, peanut butter. Banana. You've had something bacon before. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? It's good stuff. Explore. Look, I, I have a quite the refined palate, okay, Brandon? I like bacon. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. 
The camera pans us up quick to see the Crypt Keeper strum a guitar with a human ear. Ugh. He sings, don't be ghoul. I'm, I'm not going to sing it because I don't remember how he sings it, so I'm sorry. We pan all the way back to see him in some gorgeous golden Elvis clothes. He greets us as poison girls, Brandon. Not boils and ghouls, it's poison ghouls. Po- poison girls. He asks if we're ready to rock and roll. He doesn't wait for us to answer saying, good. Then slip into your gore jacket and prepare to sing along. What's the pun on that one, Brandon? What's a gore jacket? I don't know. His puns are kind of sloppy in this one. Dang, okay. Fucking calling him out. He wants us to sing along. Can't carry a tomb? That's okay. I'm just going to play by ear myself. (laughs) And he chuckles because it's a hilarious one. Yeah. Tonight's terror tune concerns a young headbanger who lets a woman get a little too far under his skin. I call this decomposition on a dead man's chest. The picture for this one is weird. We've got a shirtless guy with a bit of an old lady afro here. (laughs) He's got a tattoo on his chest of a woman and a dragon, and that dragon is coming out of his chest and attacking him. He looks scared. You want to know what's interesting about this cover, Brandon? Yes. The main character that they show us on this piece, he has this afro thing going on. The main character in the episode doesn't have an afro. No. There is a character that does have an afro. Uh, but that's not our main character, so I don't know what they, why they did this. Yeah, total letdown. I was like, what? He doesn't even have an afro. I know, why am I watching this? This episode sucks. (sighs) Stupid. We fade into the episode and somebody grabs a microphone asking if we're ready to rock and roll. There's a crowd that cheers and stuff, so uh, I guess we are ready to rock and roll. Wait, I'm not ready yet. Oh, too bad, right now. We're we're on this train already. This train ain't stopping. The man introduces us to L.A.'s own exorcist, and the crowd loves it. A dude, whose name is Danny, is now mumble-singing on stage as the opening credits roll, showing us the plethora of characters we're going to meet later on thanks to IMDb. He sings over and over again about being taken down and then stops to have a quick dance sesh on stage as the guitar solo screeches. We look at the drummer banging on the drums and then at a crowd of women that are uh, in the front row just jamming. Danny here grabs that microphone again to monologue about how great it is to be back after two years. But there's some bad news. His bandmate, Nicky, Nick Bosch, the fucking legend, is off the market. He got married and everyone boos that shit because the audience is just a bunch of gals. (laughs) Danny points over saying Nick's lovely wife is right here tonight and asks if the crowd wants to meet her. Then he beckons Scarlet on stage, who's, who's Nikki's wife. She doesn't come for a literal second, so Danny runs over and grabs her and pulls her on stage. Scarlet here is a bit embarrassed, so she kind of hangs near Nick. Danny yells that he hopes Nick doesn't get whipped, because Scarlet thinks she's going to run the band. She's the Yoko Ono, Brandon. That's what they're trying to imply, yes. Mm-hmm. Spoilers a little bit, but we never see anything like that. But no! She doesn't even grab the microphone and scream at it. (laughs) Damn. That would have been awesome, though, if she did. I would have been like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) What kind of rock show is this? Imagine going to see a rock show and the Mm -hmm. singer's just like, all right, let's stop. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? Like, here's the relationship status of my band. Just going to invite some family members on stage to just say hello. These are their diehard fans, okay? They want to know all the sweet deets, Brandon, and there was not Twitter back in 1993. So, this is what we got. Okay. 
then Danny grabs Scarlett and pushes her off the stage, calling her a bitch, and continues on with the show. It's uncalled for. I know. We see Nick here looking pissed as hell about all this disrespect going on here, and he throws his guitar down and gets off that stage. We snap to later, where Nick is grabbing Danny, yelling for him not to call his wife a bitch. Pretty reasonable stuff. Scarlet calls him a bitch. Everybody's <laughs> a bitch up in here. When the manager tells Danny to get his buns back on stage, Nikki says he ain't singing another note until he apologizes to Scarlet, to which Danny yells that he ain't gonna do that. They scream some more, lots of threats and all that, and Danny stomps his way back to his dressing room to have a drink. He sees some people sitting on the couch and screams, What the fuck are you doing in here? It's two women having a smoke, and one of them says, You were right about Scarlet, Danny. She is a bitch. All us girls hate her. She treats us like whores. Yeah, everybody's got nothing nice to say about Scarlet, but like every time she's on the screen, she seems perfectly fine. She really does. I quite like Scarlet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tia Carrera. I didn't know, okay. All I seen was the Tia, and I was like, it's not Tia Maori. Okay, she's a bitch. But nah, Tia Carrera is pretty great. Danny's all, uh, okay, so what do you want? And the blonde girl, whose name is Vendetta, by the way, (laughs) gets up. That's quite a name. Yeah, she says she's got something to show him. She walks on over and then takes off her clothes and shows off her boobs. She's got a snake tattoo on them. And (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot about this part because it's so stupid. No, go on, go on, say what happens. Okay, she's got a snake tattoo on them. Sure. So far, so normal. She takes. She might stay to take another little closer look. He does, and for some reason, the snake's tongue pops out of that tattoo, and it looks disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a tongue sticks out of her boob, and mm-hmm. neither of the characters seem to be very phased by this. No, it literally like three D pops out of her her breast and everybody's just like whoa that was cool (laughs) it's like no no (laughs) and then we move on no that's a problem i think it's infected (laughs) she laughs about that saying that she she thought he'd like it the guy who did it was incredible like a magician if you sleep with me tonight i'll tell you where to find him danny's all okay cool (laughs) that sounds like a plan sure We fade to a bright white apartment, I guess, and Danny is there, and he angrily puts on a vest and walks down the stairs. From behind him comes Scarlet, saying that, uh, we need to talk. Danny tells her, fuck you, and she sasses, saying that she's busy today. Don't worry, what I have to say won't take long. Vendetta walks up the stairs, close to Danny, and says, Danny, let's blow this popsicle stand. We're gonna be late. The two women stare at each other for a moment before Scarlet storms off. Now we're outside walking down a shitty-looking alleyway. Danny asks where they're going, and Vendetta tells him to shut up because he's going to love this guy. He's a genius! Danny hopes he doesn't catch anything from this dude. They take another few steps, and Vendetta's all, Okay, here we are. See you later. Danny asks where she's off to, and she licks his face, telling him this dude works alone. Does she lick his face? I put likes, but it makes more sense that it would be licks, right? Yeah, I I don't think she's like, I like your face, bro. (laughs) we watch her walk away and danny finishes up his cigarette and buzzes the buzzer on the door he looks all around for a moment before the door opens up and danny walks on inside he opens up another door and the main area of the tattoo parlor is there where he sees a bunch of designs on the wall danny takes no time to look around and see them 
there's candles all over the place and Danny checks out a machete on a table. Then he slowly looks around some more at all the pictures of tattoos on the wall. The door opens up and Danny hears that, but is too captivated by a little statue of a dragon. Yeah, it's it's all very worldly, mystical kind of stuff just from all over. It kind of gave me the vibe of like it only sin deep where she's in the back room looking at all that weird shit. But yeah, it's not that sorry. weird. It's just a tattoo parlor. <laughs> yeah. I expected someone to jump out and just be like, Kalia, Kalia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get the, the Belladora vibes or whatever, you know, a voice calls out. You're late, Rocco. Danny says that this scared the hell out of him, even though he heard that door open like five seconds ago, because it wasn't very like it was it was kind of loud, but whatever. The man who's got an eye patch on Brandon, his name is Farouche. Farouche is pretty cool. I like Farouche. And he asks if Danny thinks everyone runs on rocker time. Danny apologizes and Farouche tells him uh, to take his shirt off. So Danny does just that because this man, he loves taking his shirt off. Farouche takes one look at his tattoos saying, damn, the shit some people put on their bodies. Ugh. Danny explains that every one of these sweet tats tells a story. Farouche thinks that's bullshit. They're probably just stories about an idiot that's drunk and has 50 bucks burning a hole in his pocket. We all know that's a bullshit story, don't we? Danny gets all smarmy with him and Farouche is all, Psh, you see my work? You know what Farouche is capable of? I see what's inside and bring it outside. If you got the money and are brave enough, we can do business. It's up to you. Why does this man, why does this Danny fellow want a tattoo so badly? He's got so many already. I don't know. That woman was just like, hey, this, I got this cool tattoo. Do you want one? And he was like, fuck yeah. And he just goes down this <laughs> mysterious fucking gremlins looking alley. And I don't know, like just any tattoo parlor you could go to. Like the tattoo that Vendetta had was not that great. Like, no, you're not. Like, you don't see a tattoo like that and be like, I have to have it one. Had just a tongue like it had a tongue come out of it, which is disgusting, but also defies all known physical laws. So I guess that's interesting enough to be like, I'll go through this bullshit for that. Hmm. But I suppose so. also, no, it isn't at all, because that's not cool. Danny looks around for a second saying, okay, sure, I'll take a tattoo, but I want a tiger right here. He points to his chest. Bruce tells him, uh, nope, it's not your choice. Your skin has a story to tell, and I'ma find it. With that, Danny's now shirtless on a bed, and two women walk up to hold him down, even though Vendetta says that Farouche works alone. I don't know, I don't know. Farouche starts working on that tattoo, and he does things like ancient style, okay? With like a little ink on a pokey blade, and like he bangs out the tattoo. <laughs> that should be great. Yeah. Very classic. We watch him tattoo Danny for quite a long time. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's half the episode. It's like most of the runtime. Danny asks, So, what's up with your eye patch? Farouche pulls it off, and we see that he actually doesn't have an eye under there. He's got just, you know, a jagged up, sizzled up, tattooy. Uh, what am I trying to say? It's all cut up. He's got a cut up eyeball. He explains that this was payment for a tattoo he did for Baby Doc when he was running in Haiti. He didn't like the story his body had to tell him, so he took out Farouche's eye with a salad fork. Then he puts that eye patch back on and the tattoo and continues. Don't you think, you know, you, you do this special thing where you're like, oh, I, I let the skin do the talking, you know, and I t -t tattoo it up. Mm -hmm. And then, like, somebody hated it so much that they stabbed you in the eye with a salad fork. Don't you think that you just wouldn't do tattoos anymore? Also, 
I feel like getting a tattoo with somebody with only one eye, like, no offense, but, like, depth perception kind of seems like a big thing to do for tattoos, don't you think? I mean, I would think that. Yes. Mm -hmm. It seems logical. Well, he probably got ran out of the country, and that's why he had to come to America. Mm -hmm. And he's in this back alley. It's all very hush-hush. Sure. Yeah. Because he can't do it the normal way because no one would hire him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Well, he keeps going, Brandon. He keeps tip-tapping away at Danny's skin and going and going. Farouche just keeps rhythmically tapping that shit into his skin. It's honestly really boring. Until we see a quick flash of Scarlet, okay? And she's dead with blood all over her face. And she gets pushed into a bathtub. Well, that was weird. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah, for like half a second. It's like the episode was like, hey, don't worry. I promise something cool is going to happen. Just stay with us. <laughs> this is going somewhere. Trust me. <laughs> Danny starts screaming a bit in pain, and then it's finally over. Okay. I, I, I skipped through it. I saved this all the time. He snaps, and the two women get up off of Danny. Danny smiles and checks out his new tattoo in the mirror, and that smile quickly fades because he sees the tattoo as shit. <laughs> yeah. The tattoo is that of a dragon wrapping itself around the face of a woman that kind of looks like Scarlet a little bit, I guess. I mean, they say it does. Yeah. Just take it, their word for it. It doesn't really quite look like Tia Carrera, but I guess that has to in the form of the story. You got to suspend that disbelief, Brandon, as Tia yes. Carrera. In the context of this episode, it looks exactly like her. It's like a photograph stuck to his chest. Besides the Tia Carrera mishap... <laughs> What do you think of this tattoo he's got going on? Um, I mean, it's got like a dragon on it. Sure. It's like, it's not a cool tattoo. It's like something you'd see on a t-shirt at Kmart. Yeah, not I'm not in love with it, Brandon. See, this is why I don't have any tattoos, because I don't trust anybody <laughs> to give me a tattoo. <laughs> no. I'd have to, if I were to like honestly get a tattoo, I would have to like scour the backlog, the catalog, I should say, of somebody that did tattoos And I would have to make absolutely 1,000% sure that I was comfortable with them giving me a tattoo. I wouldn't just walk up and be like, hey, Vendetta, you got a tattoo? I want one of them. You know, I wouldn't just take somebody's recommendation. I can't do it. No, not for a tattoo. It's permanent, bro. Farouche asks if Danny likes his new ink, but Danny doesn't. He yells, did that bitch put you up to this? Farouche puffs on his cigar saying, "Mm, I told you, your skin tells the story. Danny screams, why did you do this to me, man? And he storms out of the room, and Farouche asks, but wait, what about my money? Danny tells him, fuck you and your money, and he leaves. We stay back with Farouche, who nods, saying, "Mm." you'll pay later. And that's the last time we see Farouche. (laughs) Yeah. He'll pay, but Farouche still isn't getting any money. (laughs) Nope, all those supplies gone to waste. So, like, unless Farouche really loves poetic irony like he's not getting (laughs) anything out of this no and um the time that he spent to make this tattoo okay he's sitting there (laughs) tip tapping away at this thing and it's in full color okay like it's not just black and white it the amount of time i mean it would have been hours so thanks to the episode for like shortening that up i guess and thanks for me i'll just say it for shortening it up even more okay yes thank you Cortland. i do what i can you know you've spared us all Over with Danny, he's back in his apartment, and he throws his shirt to the ground. He looks at that tattoo and gets upset and takes a drink of some alcohol. The door opens up, and in walks Scarlet with a bag of groceries, with no unwrapped baguette. So, 
maybe it's not groceries. Yeah, maybe it's nothing. Hmm. She says, oh, nice, you're home. She walks up the stairs because this apartment that they've got going on is pretty much 90% stairs. She sees that he has a shirt on asking, so hmm, when did you get so modest? She sets those groceries on the table with a sigh saying, all right, let's get down to business. Imagine being shirtless so often that people seeing you in a shirt makes them like, huh, what's going on with this guy? I can't. (laughs) I'm freezing right now, Brandon. It's like 30 degrees out or less. So I I have so many clothes on. (laughs) I can't. I can't imagine it. It's the exact opposite of Danny. (laughs) Nick doesn't want to deal with his shit anymore. Okay. Danny walks up to her saying, if he needs to talk to me, he can do it himself. I'll deal with him, not you. Danny turns to walk away, but Scarlett stops him, saying that that's just the problem. Nick doesn't know how to deal with you. To him, you're still the big bad rebel he worships. In his mind, you two are still in high school, but this is the real world. And while he's working his ass off, you're missing sound checks and rehearsals and showing up drunk on stage half the time. Which is not a way to be. Exactly. Danny points at her, saying, it's none of your business. And she yells, sure. But it's Nick's business, and he writes the songs and produces the albums. There's not a record label in the world that wouldn't kill to have him as a solo act. She huffs away as Danny says, wait, you're trying to break up the band, you stupid bitch. Can't you see we're the hottest shit in the country? (laughs) No, no, you're not. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? It's the hottest show in the country, and you're still just living together, crashing on your friend's couch? Yep. In random bars or whatever. <laughs> like the yeah. places that they're they're Tiny playing the shows are not bars. big. <laughs> he says, and you want to throw it away like nothing? Where would Nick be without old Danny? Scarlet's all rich and famous. Where would Danny be without Nick, huh? And she walks away and up the second flight of stairs saying, Oh, I almost forgot. Nick and I think you ought to move out whenever it's convenient. Danny doesn't like this shit. Mm-mm. Over at the club or whatever, the manager is talking to some dude setting up the lights and tells him to add some blues and magentas. Make it look real good. Make it jazzy, pizzazzy. Mm, I can see it now. This manager, by the way, his name is Toland. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. I never heard his name. That's a great name. I only added it because somebody was like, hey, Toland. <laughs> and I was like, Toland, what? What is this? <laughs> and Danny comes up saying, hey, Toland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make up I'm gonna make up the gig to you, man. It was bullshit what Nick did, walking off the stage and everything. Toland appreciates that, but asks what Nick has to say about it. Danny's all fuck Nick, it's my band, and I'll tell him what to do. Toland's all oh, okay, whatever. Danny walks a few steps and we see there's a gaggle of gals at the bar, and Danny snaps, Hey! Vendetta looks his way and we cut over to another room where Danny pushes her, yelling big fucking joke, right? Vendetta asks what he's on about, and Danny accuses her of giving that Farouche guy a picture of Scarlet. Then he throws her to the couch, and she asks, what are you talking about? Danny lifts up his shirt to show her his new tattoo, and she looks at it saying, oh my goodness, it totally is Scarlet. If you say so. (laughs) She swears she didn't fuck around, and Danny asks, well, how did he know what Scarlet looks like then? Hmm? Then he here says she told him that dude's like magic and knows what's under his skin. Look, if it's freaking you out so bad... Why don't you have it removed? Vendetta even had her Ozzy tattoo removed, and it doesn't even show anymore. To emphasize this, she pulls up her pants, and we see a totally tattoo-free area of her leg. Like, there was definitely nothing there. Danny Mm -hmm. nods, saying, yeah, of course. Why am I so damn freaked out? 
Vendetta offers up the deets on her favorite plastic surgeon, and Danny accepts with an apology. Vendetta takes that apology, saying, yeah, it's cool. I even liked it a little bit. I assume she means, like, getting the tattoo removed. I don't know. We snap over to the plastic surgeon's office, where Danny has his chest all taped up where the tattoo is. He complains about how his tattoo removal area is still burning quite a bit. The doctor tells him, uh, yeah, that's normal, because we just lasered off your fucking skin, you idiot. Vendetta says that he's going to get some real great painkillers now, and Danny giggles a little. The doctor takes the chest tape off and looks at Danny saying, huh, that's weird. Danny asks, what? Then he looks at it in the mirror, and most of the tattoo's gone, but you can still see Scarlet's face. You know, I Scarlet in quotation marks. There. Yeah. Danny chuckles about this, and we see Scarlet's face transpose on it just to remind us that it almost looks like her. <laughs> just to show us back to back, like, these don't look anything alike. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, we, it's her, I promise. And we're like, okay, Tales from the Crypt, if you say so. <laughs> hey there, everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite tattoo artist. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we have going on here. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. For all sorts of bonus content, early release episodes, and so much more, check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. We post new content multiple times a week, so there is always something new for you to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Sid, and Corey, the citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy Fair and Bryce and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. We hope you follow us on social media for all the latest posts. You can find us on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast, on Twitter at UAN Pod, on, U- on YouTube at Up All Night HA Podcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. You can find me live on Twitch every few nights as well. That's twitch.tv slash Private Island C, where I play a lot of cozy and spooky games. Lately, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 2, so I hope you stop in and chat with me. We're still working our way through the 2023 Goosebumps series with new episodes releasing on Thursdays. We've got two episodes left and then we're going to be going back to plot points on Patreon. So if you want to check those out, become a patron today. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brian for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Over with Vendetta and Danny in a corner, he's got his shirt back on and he's having a drink and he walks over close to the camera and breathes all heavy and clutches at his chest a bit. Vendetta walks up saying, if you can't get rid of the tattoo, at least you could get rid of her. And I said, wait, 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 what? (laughs) Yeah, look. What are you applying here? (laughs) You either get a medical procedure done or you murder someone. I don't understand. Even Stevens. No. I don't think so. The way that this episode escalates to murder is so stupid. Like, you fucked up, buddy. Guess you gotta deal with it. But Vendetta's over or... here like... <laughs> Why don't you just murder? Even Okay, she's like, this tattoo looks like her face. You can't get rid of that. I guess you have to kill her. That's not gonna change the fact that your tattoo looks like her, okay? She doesn't just, like, disappear from existence. <laughs> like, so stupid. Yeah. It's very stupid.
That's my main problem with this episode. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> well, the characters all seem stupid, so... They do, because Danny's like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> what? <laughs> Instead of, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, she's just Police? Like... <laughs> this woman right here? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. You know what? Maybe he won't go through with it. Let's see what happens. At the bright white apartment, Nick walks out of his room. Danny intercepts him, asking, hey... You got a minute? Nick tells him, nah, I'm on my way to a meeting. And Danny's all, ugh, so stupid little meeting is more important than spending a couple of minutes with your bro, huh? Nick shakes his head, saying that this shit is unbelievable. We warp to the roof where Danny tells Nick that the band means everything to him, and he's just trying to keep it together. Nick declares that he hates the way that they've been ragging on each other. Danny cheers Nick with a beer. Two exorcists, Brandon, or exorcists, whatever their stupid band is, and they drink up exorcists we fade again to danny sitting on the stairs reminiscing about all the truths that scarlet has said to him (laughs) earlier in the episode about how nick should go solo and also that danny should move out he clomps his way over to a mirror to check on his tattoo again for some reason and then laughs like an idiot okay he claws at scarlet's face on his chest and then warps us over to the stage where his band is playing i think he's becoming a bit cuckoo brandon i think he started there (laughs) yeah That's kind of the thing about this episode. He already started off crazy. We see it's dark out and Danny is walking up some steps to his apartment. He opens up a door to a room and closes it behind him. In the bathroom, Scarlet is getting ready to have a bath. She hears the door open up and asks, Wait, I thought you was going to sound check. See, it's because she assumes that was Nick, but no, it's Danny. Who tells her? Sound check's over, bitch. She asks what the fuck he's doing here. Good question. Well, you see... My groupie said that I should murder you, so guess I gotta. Yeah, because Danny flies on inside and instantly starts strangling Scarlet. The two fight a bit, Scarlet grabbing onto the blinds and breaking that shit. Ugh, they're not getting their deposit back. Danny slams her against a mirror, and starts. And she starts just bleeding all over the place. Then he starts banging her head into a wall over and over again until she falls into the filled bathtub and fucking dies. Just like that quick vision we saw earlier when he was getting his tattoo. Crazy. Yeah, except this is much bloodier. This is all cut, by the way, with just like a band jamming away. Like it cuts to them playing a little ditty and then, you know, Scarlet dying. Yeah, they're down there just playing without their lead singer. <laughs> yeah, as you do, right? Just, just keep going beats. with the rhythm, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the power of music, baby. I feel like they should have had one scene where it's like, yeah, Scarlet's like she's trying to butt into the band here yeah or something bad (laughs) she should do something bad so you're like oh yeah she does suck but you'd still be like okay but she doesn't deserve to be murdered no but instead it's just like this chick who's like hey you should show up to practice on time and danny's like that fucking bitch show (laughs) up to practice on time how dare she they could have changed the story at least a little bit maybe have like instead of a dragon which i guess is you know it's important later in some way uh, maybe have her like with a couple of sacks of money, like she's embezzling from the band, you know, something like more than, hey, Danny, could you just like come to practice, please? He's like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> it's so stupid. I'm so dumb. And as long as they're changing things in the episode, how about that? That snake mm-hmm. tongue from earlier. Just cut that right out. <laughs> but then he wouldn't get the tattoo in the first yeah, place. Yeah, then he'd just be like, okay, that's just a normal tattoo of a snake. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not just a shittily done tattoo of a snake. 
It looks like finger paint on your skin. Get out of here, please. <laughs> we cut a little later that night, and Nick opens up the door to Danny's dressing room. And he asks, hey, bro, you seen Scarlet? And Danny over here is doing his eye makeup, and he turns saying, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love his acting there. Oh, it's perfect, yeah. Have you seen Scarlet? What? Whatever could you mean? He's like, the color? Scarlet whom? <laughs> <laughs> Nick looks disappointed and leaves, and Danny's all, huh, that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) In the hallway, Nick stops some dude and tells him to call his house and get a hold of Scarlet. Inside, Danny stops doing his makeup and stands up. He walks over to his door and closes it, and then turns around with a smile, saying that he fucking did it. Vendetta's there and looks over at Danny as he confesses to killing Scarlet. Vendetta tells Danny he's the man and how that is just so cool, and it turns her on. She's a bit of a freak. She goes to touch his chest, but he yelps, saying that his chest hurts. Vendetta tells him, it's cool, it's supposed to be hurting when it's healing. Danny takes off his shirt, and we see that he's got that coverage back on. He peels that away, and we see that his tattoo is back, and it's worse than ever. (laughs) (laughs) The dragon's still there, but Scarlet's face is all fucked up in it. He screams, and Vendetta asks, what's all the humpa? For whatever reason, that all stops, and Danny stands up, and we see that his tattoo is back to normal? Like, it's fully there again? Yeah, it's just in his mind. It's like a telltale heart situation. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Vendetta asks what again, and that she doesn't see anything, and Danny throws a chair across the room yelling, Son of a bitch! Then he rages all the shit off of his table. like All that precious makeup. Yeah. It always looks so fun to just... To rage stuff off the table. They have rage rooms now, Brandon. You can finally. Well, I don't know if they have them in Australia, but you can finally go and get all that invented them here. Unbound rage out. You can break plates and stuff. I've never done it before. I don't have any desire to do a rage room, but they're available. Well, it sounds fun. I bet shit would be. We used to break shit all the time when we was kids. Oh yeah, I broke so much of your stuff. (laughs) Bart versus the Juggernauts, my Gizmo Furby, (laughs) etc. Over with Nick, some guy tells him that he can't get hold of Scarlet. In fact, he doesn't think Scarlet was home. Nick asks if her car was there, and the dude tells him, well, yeah, it was there. Nick asks him to call her again, so the dude leaves to go do his little side quest. Now Toland walks up to Nick, complaining that he yeah, can't get Danny Toland. out of the dressing room. <laughs> Nick screams, fuck, and runs over to Danny's room and knocks on the door, calling for him. We see that guy trying to get to reach out to Scarlet, and he gives a shrug. Inside the room, Vendetta urges Danny to get his shit together. Outside, the crowd is just cheering, and I guess we're a, a little later in time now because Danny's up on stage with his shirt on, and he's dancing like a three-year-old. This episode's all over the place. He walks up to start singing, but his chest starts to hurt him. Then it pulses a bunch, and he's looking down at it. So he runs off a stage, and Vendetta follows him, asking, Whoa, what's going on here? In response, Danny turns around yelling, It's your fault. You sent me to that bastard. Then he walks up and slaps her. And then he backhands her. He's not a nice fella. No, that's Danny character. He's stupid. Over in Danny's dressing room, he pulls off his shirt and then starts screaming as his chest gets a big old lump or two on it. That lump bursts and a dragon pops out like a chest burster from Alien. Yes. So, obviously, I thought that was the coolest shit. Of course, yes. But also, it looks absurd. Yes. 
It's a practical makeup effect of a dragon bursting out of his chest, and it's basically just a big old worm, and it, like, starts attacking him and tries to grab his face, and Danny's all, you know, grabbing back at it, and it's just wild. Look, the people who made this episode, like, they got the script, and it was like, a dragon bursts out of this man's chest. And you read Mm -hmm. that script, and obviously you're like, how the hell are we going to do that? And I feel like they... They did the best they could Mm -hmm. because there's not really a good way to do dragon bursts out of a man's chest and have it not look ridiculous. I don't think it looks terrible, but I don't think it looks good. It doesn't look menacing. Like this dragon thing just looks like a tapeworm that just came out. Yeah. And it's like. It's very much alien inspired, though. Yes. Um, When the. When the dragon bursts out of his chest, we we see some jewelry fall to the floor for some reason. And Danny screams more and starts fighting with that dragon. My notes here, I just said, what the fuck is happening? There's whipping noises and Danny gets bit and then smashes a mirror. I don't know why the jewelry fell to the ground, though. Like, why it showed that. I assumed it was like, this is what uh, Scarlet was wearing. But, like, it's so quick and it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I don't have any answers. Okay. Nobody does. Over in the hallway, Nick is checking in on Vendetta, who's yelling that Danny killed Scarlet. Nick looks pissed as hell. Okay. And he as screams and runs to Danny's room. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> The direction was just like, just open your eyes really wide. Okay. And then Nick did it. <laughs> he kicks open the door and he stops to look. And Danny here turns around and his chest is all tore up. And he tells her, Yep, that's right. I killed her twice. That bitch won't get under my skin no mores. And he lifts up his flayed chest tattoo of Scarlet's face and shakes his head saying, no way, man, not anymore. And the camera zooms into that tattoo a bit. And then we fade out of the tale because it's over. Yeah, that's it. So I guess the implication here is that Danny just kind of went crazy and cut up his own his own chest. Like, that's what it's trying to say, right? Yes. The, the tattoo's... Maybe not actually magic. But Vendetta's tattoo did the same thing when it poked out, too. I don't know. That was an optical illusion. That was a a, <laughs> a weather balloon uh-huh. reflecting Mirrors, smoke. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. No. But, like, man, he, he just cut up his own chest to get rid of Tia Carrera. Damn. Shame. It's a shame. Yeah. This episode's stupid, Brandon. Fucking dumb. It's stupid, but I liked like I liked the dragon, even though it looked silly. And <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I guess that's it. <laughs> I yeah, guess, that's the only part you like. I guess that's the only part I liked. But when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Back with Crypty, he pops up, and we see he's dressed like one of the Beatles. He's got a band behind him and everything, all dressed up in Beatles attire. He says, man, Nick might have been the group's guitarist, but Danny turned out to be the real axe man. And he giggles a little and he says, still, you've got to like where the band is going. Any day now, they'll be appearing on America's Chop 40. So till next time, kitties, my and my garage band have to go jam. Some music starts up as he says, you know what they say? You're never too cold to rock and roll. Then he fucking shreds on his guitar. And that's the episode the end okay so did you learn a single fucking thing from this episode on a dead man's chest anything at all because i didn't 
not gonna lie. Uh, I can't do it. I can't lie to you all. Even famous musicians can't afford houses. <laughs> yeah, well, I learned that the idea of being a famous rock or a rock band, you know, is is kind of skewed, okay? Because you play in a dive bar doesn't mean that you're the best thing since sliced bread. You just have to believe it. You have to believe yeah. Yeah. that you're the hottest act in the country, even though you're playing to five people. Nobody quite supports you like Tia Carrera, where she's all like, He's the coolest thing since everything, okay? <laughs> he could be a solo act. And also, let's be very clear. When we do hear them play their music, they suck. Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> the music mm-hmm. sucks, and Danny really sucks at singing. Yeah, he's a mumble artist, you know? I couldn't hear a word he was saying. Because, you know, you, you guys, I work hard on my notes, okay? And when he started singing, I was like, I can't hear anything. I have the volume up to 100. I'm I'm replaying it over and over again i can't hear a single thing he's saying so no not good my advice though like what i learned is really do your research on who you're getting your tattoo from before you just are like i think it's tattoo time it's tattoo o'clock let's go get it yeah there are a lot of professionals out there Mm -hmm. and uh just go to literally any one of them on a dead man's chest though brandon do you think we could kind of come up with a better name than that there's no pirates. Like, yeah, that's the big thing is that I was waiting for pirates. And when Farouche came up with that eye patch, I was like, eh, maybe we're getting closer here. <laughs> we're ready to sail the seven seas, but no. No, we weren't. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. And also, he's not a dead man. He doesn't die. No. And at the end, it's not even on his chest. So what the fuck? It's wrong on all counts. Yeah, everything is wrong. I was. I think this episode would just be called "This Ain't Pirates," you guys. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> this one's called "This Ain't Pirates." <laughs> She's all tat. Yeah, that's a good one, Brandon. <laughs> it's not, but like, it's perfect. <laughs> it's it's uh, "Tales from the Crypt" tier perfect. The loser with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let's go with that one. Okay. Brandon, you ready to meet all these people we got here? I'm going to open up IMDb here. Sure. i to expand some things. Oof. There's a fair amount of people. The first person we're going to talk about, Danny Darwin, is played by Yoel Vasquez. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. <laughs> Yoel. I'm probably yes. saying your name wrong. I'm the worst. I get it. <laughs> happens every episode. <laughs> Did you recognize this guy? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a look here. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a lot of shit going on in his life. Okay. Started things off 1992 with the Mambo Kings. Whoop, whoop. Everybody Mambo. That's that's from a goofy movie. Um, <laughs> shortly after that is when he was in Tales from the Crypt back in 1992. We've got him in Walker, Texas Ranger, Brandon. You love that show. Nick of Time. Interesting name. He was in Seinfeld. He played Bob. Yeah. Do you remember Bob? No. What episodes was he in? Bob is one of the street toughs. Oh, right. The ones that chase uh, Kramer, right? <laughs> the oh ones that are like not threatening at all, yet they're very terrified of them. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. The one that one of them has like a little dog. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> he was encouraged the cowardly dog for 26 episodes. That's pretty rad. Really? 26. Bad Boys 2. Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories. Let's see. Let's go a little bit sooner here. He was also in Grand Theft Auto 4, The Battle of Gay 20. Law and Order, Special Victim Unit. He was in 15 episodes of Magic City. I wonder if that has any relation to Magic School Bus. Probably. 10 episodes of The Lottery. 8 episodes of Bloodline. Most recently, 
He was in White House Plumbers. That, that sounds really boring. That's exactly what it sounds like. He was also in Russian Dolls. Like, he's most known for being in Severance, which I think is... Did you tell me to watch that show? Yeah, that show's fantastic. He was in The Outsider, Godfather of Harlem, and then Russian Doll. Next, we've got Nick Bosch, played by Paul Hip. Paul Hip started his things out with 1987 China Girl. He was in the Equalizer TV series for one whole episode from in 1987. Lethal Weapon 3, Pacific Blue. More Dogs Than Bones, Brandon, in 2000. All right. He was in 13 episodes of Three Sisters. Jay and Silent Bob's Super Groovy Cartoon Movie, 2013. Didn't know that existed. The Middle. He was in 12 episodes of The Middle. And most recently, he was in Sweetwater in 2023. I think he does more music, though, because it looks like he's a composer. Next up, let's talk about Scarlett, a.k.a. Tia Carrera. Oh, you can just find actors' cameos right from their IMDb page? Oh, like that app where you can get them to call you? Yeah. See how much Tia Carrera wants for her her to sing me happy birthday. As you're doing that, I'll tell you what (laughs) Tia's been in here. Okay. Started Uh, She's temporarily unavailable. That's bullshit. <laughs> Dude, and come she, on. She like under the categories they have her as reality TV dancing with the stars. Oh. Like that's okay. what she's most famous for. I don't think so. I don't either. She started things off nineteen eighty five with cover up. She was in something called Zombie Nightmare, which has a two point six on IMDB, so that must be a good movie. Two episodes of MacGyver. Wayne's World Brandon. Cassandra. She played Cassandra. And in Wayne's World too. Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales for Every Single Child. The Night of the Headless Horseman. That sounds great. Relic Hunter, 66 episodes of it. She was in Johnny Bravo. She was also in Lilo and Stitch. She did the voice of Nani. Yeah. She was Nani in all of them. Nani's my favorite. Kimberly J. Brown thinks she can get $122. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, get real. All right. Oh my God. (laughs) The beans. He's right on. (laughs) <laughs> 30 bucks 30 dollars for beans 30 dollars for beans dude let's get beans we can have beans have a little shout out yes oh please God. have beans give a like hey listen to up all night and put it up on instagram <laughs> that would be that'd be really random right <laughs> but amazing <laughs> you're right it would be oh wow all right well, i've derailed this no, nope, that's Let's fine. Tia's done some voice work as well in some other Disney things. Mickey and the Roadster Racers, uh, some other things. She was in Blue Bloods, and then most recently she was in Never Have I Ever in 2023. I've heard of that. I like Tia Carrera. Yeah. Let's talk about Vendetta, played by Sherry Rose. All right, Sherry here. Started things off 1988 with After School. Was she in anything good? <laughs> No, I'm going to say no. She was in Married with Children. There, She was in a episode of The Flash, but from 1990, Jake and the Fat Man. I feel like we talked about that once or something before. Yes, Maybe. that's come up. She's actually in two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. I guess we're going to see her again. Spoilers. I'm not really seeing anything I recognize here, Brandon. I guess Sons of Anarchy. She was in that for an episode. Yeah, that was a show. The most recent thing she was in, 2017's The Bang Bang Brokers. That was Sherry Rose. Next. Next up, we have Farouche, played by the late Heavy D, who passed away in 2011. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Heavy D. Um, he does a lot of music, or he did a lot of music uh, for 
Heavy D and the Boys was was what he did. He was in 127 episodes of In Living Color in the music department. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but in terms of acting, he started things off, oh, I guess with his own stuff, Heavy D and the Boys, Mr. Big Stuff. A lot of, a lot of music videos that he did for uh, for that band he was in. Yeah. He was, you know, named after kind of thing. That's what he's famous for. He's very much in a lot of Heavy D and the Boys. I can't say I've heard a single Heavy D and the Boys song, though. I should probably get on that. Oh, I'm sure you have. I probably have. He was in 13 episodes of Boston Public. He was in three episodes of Bones. He was in Are We There Yet? But the TV series, Brandon, not the one with Ice Cube. Oh, well, screw it then. Unless Ice Cube's in it, in which case I'm dumb. Last thing he was in was 2012's H4. Rest in peace, Heavy D. Last up, let's talk about Toland, Brandon, your favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite name ever. uh, Toland is played by the late Greg Allman, who passed away in 2017. And man, this guy's got some hair. He's not been in a lot of things, though, Brandon. Again, he is also much of like a music kind of guy because he's got 72 soundtrack credits. But as far as acting, he started things off 1989 with Rush Week. He was in Greg Almond, I'll Be Holding On, Superboy, Rush, Tales from the Crypt. And then in 2000, he was in Family Guy. And then the last thing he was in was the Almond Brothers Band, 40th Anniversary Live at the Beacon Theater. So, yeah, he was in the Almond Brother Bands. Allman, not Almond brothers yeah. band one of the almond brothers yeah the almonds <laughs> kind of like the raisins but like more nutty um so anyway brandon that was our episode that's our cast <laughs> i'm done with on a dead man's chest yeah let's move on i think we're ready we are you want to know what the next episode is yes what is it okay season four episode four is called seance brandon Ooh. okay that that sounds like a little more horror related nonsense can happen some ghosts maybe some some demons Let's go with gold diggers. Two con artists attempt to steal the fortune of a rich man they accidentally killed by creating a fake seance for his blind wife. But not everything goes to plan. Ah, Tales from the Crypt. You just can't quit gold diggers, can you? No. I mean, I guess it's not quite gold diggers. I mean, they're just stealing from an old man kind of thing. But like, what does it mean by not everything goes to plan? What's your plan here? (laughs) A fake seance. Like, obviously, it's going to turn into a real seance, right? Yeah. Let's see if we recognize anybody. Kathy Moriarty? 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 Yeah. No? Ben Cross? Nope. Okay. Ellen Crawford? Nope. John Vernon, perhaps? No? No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll find out who they are next week, Brandon. But I'm done with On a Dead Man's Chest. I've had enough of this. I've had enough of you, Brandon. (laughs) Me too, frankly. (laughs) All right. Well, shoot. We'll be back next week, then, for some seance. We'll see what this is all about. All right. I've been up all night, Brandon. I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.